Connect podcast. I'm Casey. And I'm Robin. And we are two of the six founding members of DSO Connect, a group dedicated to helping dance studio owners run successful businesses and live balanced lives. Yes, that is who we are. And it's what we do. (laughs) We're having a really good time at it, too. Yes, it's been a wonderful journey. Yeah, and I've been really enjoying making these podcasts with you. Yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah, too bad the other ladies aren't here. We're going to have to get them on some podcasts coming up soon. Definitely. Yes, you're going to love them. They're they're very unique and each have very um, special personalities. Some are hysterically funny. Some are very wise. Mm-hmm. We're all wise. We're, We're all, all a little wise. funny. We're, all <laughs> <laughs> We're funny in a lot of ways, Robin. <laughs> All right, so what are we going to do today, Casey? Uh, Today we are talking about summer programs at your studio. There are so many different ways to do this, and there isn't, unfortunately, there's not one proven formula that will work in all communities. Every dance studio is different, every town, every city, every pocket of your suburb is different. So we're going to just talk about a bunch of different strategies that we've employed over the years, that the other DSO Connect ladies have employed over the years, that people in our community group have employed over the years. And sometimes these things have worked and we've gotten awesome results, and sometimes um, it's more like crickets. (laughs) (laughs) But you never know because what works in one area might not work in another. So for the next, I don't know, 45 minutes or so, We're just going to throw out a whole bunch of ideas and we can see what sticks. Yeah. So notoriously, summers are a point of contention for many studio owners. Oh, yes. Um, Summer is often a time when our customers take a break or travel or study at pre-professional programs, which is great for them, not so great for us. Uh Uh-uh. It's hard to be genuinely excited about that six-week vacation abroad that your top student is telling you about when all you're thinking is, wait, what? (laughs) You aren't dancing here this summer? Oh, no, I need your energy in class. I need your tuition income so my kids can eat. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, In my area, my family is going on big-time vacations, and I don't see a lot of them for the summer months. It's really, really hard. So I think that the important thing to do is figure out what your community wants and needs for the summer and design your program around it. I think that's going to be a lot easier than trying to change the direction in which the river is flowing. Uh, Yeah, for sure. So um, the first thing that I would do really is take a a survey or a poll. Yeah, and the timing here is important. You want to... You want to send out the survey early enough so that people have time to respond and you have time to collect responses and evaluate those responses and then build a summer program around those responses. Of course, you're not going to be able to make everyone happy, but if you send out a survey with asking, you know, would you prefer a full day camp or once a week or you know, all the different options, you'll be able to get a better understanding of what might work for your studio. Yeah. And if you, you've been in business for a few years, you probably already know, um, you know, what, what summers are going to look like for you. So I would start with kind of an analysis, like a a sit down with yourself and maybe someone else on your team and just kind of see what the temperature is of your community. Yeah. Take a look at what's worked for you in the past, what hasn't worked. Make sure you're looking at actual numbers and not just reminiscing based on your memory because sometimes what we think was successful when it comes down to the numbers, it, it actually wasn't. 
So let's take a look at some different scenarios that you might want to employ. One option is shut it down. Just shut it all down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know that sounds drastic, but I know a lot of studio owners who have adopted this strategy and it's just like surrender, quit fighting. Right. If that's what your community demands. Um, perhaps your families pack up and hightail it out of the town in the summers. Maybe you have tried time and again to entice them to stay, but have always ended up with abysmal enrollment and lackluster enthusiasm. If this is the case with your studio families, it might be wise to just close down for a few weeks in the summer and enjoy yourself at home. Yeah, or I don't know, take a vacation with your own family. <laughs> yeah, what a thought, right? <laughs> After all, if you aren't going to make any money, you could at least be sitting by the pool rather than busting your butt for one or two kids at the studio. Yeah, and that is just such a sucky feeling when you are working hard and there's one kid in class and, right. and when you, you could be enjoying your time. Exactly. But if you do decide to go this route, it should be a strategic decision, not a miserable failure of an attempted right. program. Right. It's not a surrender and a defeat. It's, I'm deciding to do this and mm -hmm. then own it. Yep. And, and really fully embrace it. So here are some strategies that you can put into place to make this work. Of course, one of the big worries about shutting down for the summer is how are we going to pay our bills? Right. So we need to plan. You can't just do this on the fly. Um, one thing you can do is figure out how much you need to pay in rent or mortgage for the entire year, divide that total amount by nine months, and pay it from September through May. This way, your largest expense in the summer will be paid during the months that you have the most income. And during June, July, August, you have no payment. Just be sure to run this by your landlord or your mortgage company and make sure the payments are applied properly. I've been doing this for years. and. Um, I don't even notice that my my mortgage payment is a little bit higher during the year, but I sure do notice in the summer that I don't have to pay it at all. That's amazing. Yeah, so that's, yeah. A, that's a little tip. You could also start your fall classes a little earlier and then end a little later, so you're just closing that gap on the summer by making it as short as possible. Can you start August 1st and then end June 30th and then you're only closed for the month of July. Yeah. I know a lot of studios that, that do that, especially in areas where school starts earlier. Yep. But even if your school starts after Labor Day, try it. See, mm -hmm. what, see what happens. If you do decide to take a month off in the summer or two months off, make sure you're planning ahead. Create a bank account, a savings account to save up one month's worth of your insurance, utilities, any of your monthly expenses so that you can make your ends meet in the summer. It'll take so much pressure off of you and you'll really be able to enjoy your time off. Right, and then just make sure you follow your own rule of not touching that account during the year. Exactly. Um, and just think about all the things that you can be doing during the month of July other than teaching at your studio. Right. You could be, I don't know, attending the DSO Connect Retreat in Canada. <gasps> How amazing. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a better way to spend your time than struggling with two kids in a class? Right. I, I would rather do that. <laughs> you could spend that month prepping for the new season. Yeah. You could be doing um, skill development to you know, make yourself a better business owner, mm -hmm. lounge by the pool, maybe go on a vacation with your own family. Yeah, your own family will probably love this option. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go to the next big scenario. Casey, you want to you want to talk about that? Yeah. One? So the next one is leading with leverage. You want to use your existing students to your advantage. Hold your auditions for your company and your competition dancers in May or earlier, when enthusiasm is super high 
and then required their signed contracts before the recital and in that contract specify that there are summer dance requirements for company and comp kids and lay them out clearly. Make sure that everyone understands what's expected of them for the summer. Yeah. I do this at my studio and it works really well. Right. Um, we offer several options for intensives and technique classes and we require that the dancers pay a flat fee and they can attend as much as they can like an all-you-can-dance buffet. Love it. Knowing that you can expect a certain dollar amount from each dancer by July 1st, payable via auto pay, is sure to make you feel at ease financially. Just think, if you have 50 dancers and they're each required to pay $500, that puts $25,000 in your account and you don't need to bang the marketing drum at all. Right, because they're already in your studio. Right. And if you include choreography as part of that summer requirement, they're going to be more likely to stick around. Yeah. Um, we do a fa uh, the fall, we call it the fall tour, and it's where our dancers perform in the community at the fall festivals, but we prepare for that in the summer. So our students do not want to miss their summer intensives because right. that's where they're learning all this choreography. Right, and if you have a competition team, think about how much you can get done if you have a choreography intensive for them over the summer, like midsummer even, and then you can do more of those early competitions. Mm -hmm. Or nutcracker camp. Or a nutcracker camp, or or just holiday show preparations, or anything. I did um, just, I have a very small company, only six dancers, and I did a one-week company intensive where every day they had a different teacher teach a warm-up class, a technique class for warm-up, and then we had a two and a half hour long rehearsal and by the end of the week we had two pieces done nice it was awesome yeah and i find that the summer if, if you build it around choreography then psychologically the dancers and the parents feel like they can't miss a day because they're going to fall behind and that there is a reason for being there it's not right. it's not just arbitrary of course we know that the technique is super important right. so that can be packed in there as well um, but you, if, in order for this to work, you need to let your people know this as far in advance as possible and perhaps ease into the severity of the requirements. But once the families become used to this routine, it will become the new normal. I have a quick story to share. My middle son was a football player from 5th through 12th grade. And as a mom, I needed to accept the fact that we could not vacation in August because of preseason football trainings. It was really aggravating at first because we were used to um, visiting my parents in Connecticut during the month of August. And once football started, it was like, oh, you know, <laughs> it was like, well, I guess we're not going to visit our family in August anymore. Right. But you rearrange your plans for the priorities that your kids have. Right. And as a family, we worked around it. And we made it work. Your families will do that, too. Right. The more... Um, systematic you can make your summer and the more advanced notice you can give your families I mean in my community people start making their summer plans in like January yep. and February so if you can release your summer schedule mid-January or early February that's gonna give them enough notice so that they can plan to commit to you yep and it really is a beautiful thing when you start getting emails from your families in I don't know, January, that says, do you know your summer dates yet? Because we want to plan around it. God, I love that. I know, it's beautiful. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the third scenario. All right, a la carte and just go with the flow. 
Yeah, of course you can also get super creative and market the heck out of your summer programs and experience success. Mm -hmm. In some communities, this is a real thing. Um, some communities love the multiple offerings of extracurriculars and many studio owners have figured out how to make summers a very lucrative part of their annual programming. I do a lot of different camps and a five week session of weekly classes. So that way there's kind of something for everyone. Mm -hmm. You can take a once a week class or you can do a whole week of princess camp. Mm. You can do, you know, hip hop on Wednesdays and jazz on Thursdays for those five weeks or you can just do the company intensive. Well, if that's wrong. If you're in the company, you have to take classes, but. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But just lots of different options for different um, types of families. Um, again, you could use a tool such as SurveyMonkey to create an online poll to take the temperature of your families and assess their needs for the summer. You know, do they need all day care while the parents are at work? Right. Do they want daytime classes? Do they want camps? Do they want evening classes? Would they prefer once a week for the whole summer or a week-long intensive and be done? Are your students looking for technical training that will catapult them to the next level? Or would they prefer to dabble in new styles and focus on fun? Right. Be careful with all-day camps, though. Check out the rules in your county or in your city or in your magistrate or whatever um, of what what constitutes a daycare yeah. and what the licensing requirements are there in my area it's like four hours anything over four hours you need a daycare license mm. and then you have to get inspected by the mm. health department and all of that and so even for a dance intensive mm -hmm. like an all-day dance intensive yeah wow. so i i don't advertise I do run a dance intensive that's longer than four hours but I don't advertise it except in-house interesting because it's only my existing students coming to that mm -hmm. and so I feel like I, I'm yeah. not gonna get red flagged right. by that for, for my county but I don't do all-day camps for little ones that I'm advertising in the community yeah. because I don't want to have to deal with all of that yeah and also tape. consider do you really want to be a daycare scenario like, right do you want a, a four-year-old for six hours do you really want that well maybe there's someone on your staff maybe it's not you maybe there's someone on your staff who's great with the little ones I've got a, a preschool teacher on my staff and you know she works at her, her preschool slash daycare during the summer mm -hmm. but that would be a great person maybe there's a, a school teacher on mm -hmm. your staff who has the summers off is great with kids and would love running a daycare kind of a program for your studio that yeah. incorporates some dance yep as long as you do all the proper legal things exactly to make that work um, so once you have a clear idea about what your customer wants you can design summer programming to fill that need themed camps are usually easy to fill you can capitalize on the latest kids movie about to be released and you're sure to get a healthy response absolutely I mean frozen has been thriving for years I right. feel like there's there's a new movie coming out so people are gonna want frozen themed stuff and you know people are gonna flock to you based on the theme alone yep you can design the curriculum the way you see fit as a dance instructor and parents won't question the content it's all about the theme right of course your content will be inspiring and age-appropriate and will teach the fundamentals of dance in an encouraging way but I promise you that it's way easier to market a frozen camp than a ballet camp for six-year-olds. For sure. Just another tip here. Be careful about using copyrighted names or images when you're marketing these themed camps. You want to get creative. 
like for trolls, I know Robin, you use what was it, Poppy's Dance and Flip Party. Mm-hmm. For Coco, I used Miguel's Musical Adventure. You get the point. You know, Frozen can be Ice Princess, that kind of a thing. I did a whole week of princess camps, and I think I had Ice Princess, Reading Princess, Tower Princess, Mermaid Princess, Ooh. and then God, what was it? <clears throat> I forget what the other one was, but. Or maybe it was just those four. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and parents pe- get the it. parents know. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> they know what it is. And in their house, they can say, you're going to Frozen camp. Exactly. You're going to Beauty and the Beast camp to dance like Belle. Right. But interestingly enough, I did um, do some research. And according to Salon.com, Disney is one of the more forward-looking companies in knowing how to deal with the digital. Um, what they recognized is that people do want the real stuff and they will pay for it and all these little dance camps and little side gigs that local small organizations like dance studios are doing is just extra advertising right so the reality is Disney is probably not gonna come after you right for doing a, a frozen camp because they know that this is just fueling the frozen fire exactly that kid is still gonna, gonna go buy that Elsa doll that right. family might even be more likely to buy the Elsa right branded Disney Halloween costume that year because they did the dance camp so right you you know be careful there you might want to cover your butt and use an original title that suggests your theme without outright saying it but more than likely even if you don't get creative with the branding you probably won't get attacked but you won't get you yeah i don't see I don't disney wanna, coming after dance studios right. for the what thousand dollars yeah you year. made a thousand dollars on this camp i don't think disney is going to come sue you for it but you know you never know so just be careful right um some other ideas perhaps you have older kids who are a driven are a driven group of dancers who want technique in the summer you know some studios have serious dancers who want to go to college for dance or you know are looking for dance as a professional career um we sometimes encourage them to go away to pre-professional camps but we also want to offer solid uh technical programming in the summer as well right so you can do this a lot of different ways of course you can do an intensive where it's kind of a mixed bag mm-hmm. band might have pilates or a stretch and strength in the morning and a ballet class and they could have point and variations and then in the afternoons they could have modern and jazz and tap and you can bring in guest teachers and what's cool about a camp like that is let's say you have a student who doesn't take jazz but they get it in the intensive mm-hmm. maybe, maybe they're then in the fall, guess what? Yeah. They might just sign up for jazz. Right. <laughs> now, in my studio, everyone takes everything, so that makes it a little easier because you don't have kids who all match together until you get to tap, and then you've got that one girl who doesn't tap at all. Right. And so anyway, you, you can you can make that work for your own studio. Take a look at what your dancers need. Sit down with your staff, see where you know the the holes are or where their weaknesses are or maybe you have a group of students who are ready almost ready to move up but they're just not quite there yet maybe they need a little bit more help with their turns maybe they need a little bit more help with their petite allegro whatever it is create a short intensive almost a boot camp style Mm -hmm. around that i've always thought about doing like a tap boot camp for exactly the scenario you just described Robin where maybe there's only a couple of kids who haven't taken tap yet in their level but they've expressed interest in it but they would be so far behind the other kids that have Mm -hmm. been taking tap for a few years so 
offer a TAP boot camp. Yeah. Help them understand at least the language of the steps that are used so that they can jump in and maybe not drown. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's important when you're marketing things like that, that you make it very clear to the student and the parent that there is um, a goal at the end. Right. So we know as dance educators that the benefit is you're going to improve. Yes. And it might not be the goal is so that you can go to the next level next semester, but you will be improved. And mm -hmm. we know that it takes a lot of time, but parents don't always get that. And in, the mo in some moms' minds, they might be saying, well, if I'm going to sign up for this camp, what, it, what am I... What's the end result? What is right. my kid going to come out with? Mm -hmm. So without making false promises, we do want to get the message across to parents that this is not just a way to fill your child's day and have fun, but this is going to help improve the skill so that come fall, she's going to be more prepared you know, in her regular, you know. Now right. that, that might work for, for a particular group of people, but there is probably a different population at your school that just wants fun. Sure. I have a big population of teen, of teenage recreational dancers at my studio who are, you know, they love dancing. They're not particularly technically advanced, but they're creative thinkers mm. and they like being in the studio and we created a new camp for with that demographic in mind for improvisation and choreography oh. which we try to kind of introduce to them a little bit during the school year but we don't you know there's not enough time to mm -hmm. really dive in so over the summer we had a i think it was just a 3 day camp we had a good turnout for it of mostly recreational kids Wow! and they came up with some really amazing choreography and again not technically profound but the way we got them to be thinking about movement was really amazing and they put on a little a little show at the end um, and it was a really positive experience for them oh. they then most of them asked for a longer version of the same camp next year. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I listen think, to that feedback. I right. Mean, if they're oh, telling gosh. you what they want, then yes. definitely go with it. And, you know, I would love to integrate that into our, our school year and maybe have, you know, an opportunity for my for those students to, to put on a sh an actual mm -hmm. show, rent out a smaller scale um, theater and and go with that so that's you know that's something that's really exciting yeah. to me because it worked over the summer and it's now generating all these new ideas yes excellent so another thing i always talk a lot about um perpetual classes <coughs> and running our studios more on a membership base mm -hmm. where you know we're not banging the drum to get people to sign up again um after a particular amount of time like a semester or even a year and I've found at my studio that this works really well with our gymnastics, our music, and our theater students. Mm -hmm. um, so all of those um, divisions in my studio run on a perpetual schedule. So I do not need to bang the drum, so to speak, to gymnastics, music, or theater students about signing up for summer. That's beautiful. Their They're lessons just, just, confu just do you, continue. Do you have a lot of families who withdraw for the summer and then re-enroll in the fall? Some will, mm -hmm. but we require 60 days notice of withdrawal. So if they don't withdraw around April, like let's say they come to us on June 1st and say, oh, 
we're just going to take the summer off. Well, well, you're already, you know, you're already committed. You, yeah. 60 days would mean you're still paying for July and August, so you might as well just stick around. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's brilliant. And you can do something like if you stay through, you don't have to pay a new registration fee the right. next year. I don't do that because mm-hmm. we, our registration fee is very important to our budget. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you could play around with that and say, well, if you just stay through for the summer, you get a reduced registration fee but if you stop your registration fee will be a little higher and maybe if you're moving towards that perpetual uh enrollment type of situation where it's more of a membership rename that fee it's not a a registration fee because you're not re-registering you're already in maybe call it a membership that's exactly what we did last year annual dues Mm -hmm. or whatever it Mm -hmm. might be yeah i love that so we have not found a way to really make that work with our little dancers our creative kids Mm -hmm. because um the schedule has to change in the summer right and the reason the schedule changes in the summer for dance is because we don't dance on it's complicated but we have not mastered that perpetual concept with our creative kids dancers but um if you can figure out a way to keep them going on a year long i've heard um one of our retreat members last year really has mastered that and what she does is she charges the little dancers for the whole year and let's say there's only eight lessons in the summer and the parents say well we're going to be at the beach twice or whatever she just offers she allows them to do those makeups in the school year so it's like all right you're going to miss three weeks because you're at the beach don't even worry about it we'll just make you can do one in september one in october one in november oh that's brilliant and most of the time the parents don't even do it because life is so hectic <laughs> right yeah and but who has just time for knowing, another thing psychologically as a mom when it's like um d- making that decision right as to whether to continue paying through the summer or right. drop it's like well I'll, i will get those those makeups back yeah i'll get so those I'll, back so might as well yeah oh that's great i love that yeah she does a good job with that we should talk with her more that was darby yes yeah. we should talk to darby yeah so what else can we talk about for summer so let's go back to the themed camps for a minute and talk about how to promote those. Mm. Um, something that I think has worked for both you and I is holding a sort of a teaser event, mm. mm-hmm. and it's free. It's a free party that gives them a preview of the camp experience, mm-hmm. and if they register for the camp the day of the party, you know they've had so much fun at mm-hmm. this party. They're in your building. Maybe they get a little goodie gift if they register that day. They 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 had a great time. Yep. Register on the spot and you get a little gift. You get a tutu, you get a free pair of tights, mm-hmm. or you get a discount for fall, whatever it might be. Yep. Incentivize registering on the spot and make sure they know about that incentive. Right. How do you get people, how do you attract people to that free event, Robin? Well, one of the things we do at our studio is we're always trying to add value. So this... Um, this is one of those ways. The parents, like this year, we're getting ready to do a Frozen event, and then we're also going to do a Trolls event, mm-hmm. and those match our two themed summer camps that will come back and you know that will appear in the summer. So in January we're doing the Frozen event. In February we're doing the Trolls event, and at that event, well, first of all, we just start talking about it on our on our Facebook group. And it will fill like gangbusters. And we say it's free for EMC families and siblings. They can use it as a makeup. They can use it if they don't need a makeup. It's just added value and part mm. of their membership. Brilliant. And that makes families feel very, it makes them feel like they're getting more than what they pay for. Right. 
And then once the families come to the event, we will, you know, make them aware of the opportunity to register for the camp. Um, another, th so we do a lot of in-house marketing for that. Mm -hmm. If an outside family wants to come to the event, we charge like $25 or mm -hmm. something. And we have mostly our own people there. Really? Yeah. Interesting. But if I can fill up all my camps with people within my studio, I'm okay with that. That's great. It doesn't matter. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I've done Facebook advertising for the free events. Mm. And they, in order to sign, you know, they have to go through my registration software to sign up mm -hmm. for the free event. So then I've captured their contact information. Yeah, that's important. And then e that way, even if they don't register for the camp on that spot, I can follow up with them later or have my front desk person follow up with them later. <laughs> yeah, that's really important. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we do with our themed camps is we start our summer registration in March and there's a certain price if you register in March. It's called early bird registration. And then the camp price goes up in mm -hmm. April. That's called regular registration. And then the price goes up again in May. Mm -hmm. And it's late registration. Yeah. So by incentivizing that way, you, I don't know, if it all fills up in March, I might need to add a week. Right. Or for staffing purposes, it just helps us to plan. It helps, yeah. And it makes you rest a little easier knowing, oh, I've got two camps already full. I'm mm -hmm. going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead of stressing out all the way up till the day the camp starts because yeah. people just procrastinate. Yeah. Last year we did something called the Summer Saturday Series. Mm. And for 10 Saturdays I had a guest. This was for the older kids who are really um, looking for for technique and master classes mm -hmm. and, and guest teachers that, you know, in they really wanted a, a meaty class. So we would have a different guest artist come each Saturday. I love that. And I allowed that to be part of my company package so the company kids didn't have to pay for it. Brilliant. But I marketed it to people outside of our studio. And so, you know, you might have a couple drop-ins right. for 25 bucks a head or something. Right. Um, but what and how do you find those guest artists? Um, well, I'm old, and I have been in, in the area for a long time, um, mostly through my network of people I know. Mm -hmm. Some of them are my graduates. Mm -hmm. um, sometime, I, I'm, I created a Facebook page called Job Opportunities for Dance Teachers in Southern York County and Northern Baltimore County or something. Right. And so I market in there. Mm -hmm. um, and that reminds me of something else I wanted to talk about with Facebook groups. Mm. Um I did this last year. I, I'm not sure if it's going to really gain momentum this year, but I'll certainly let you know. I started a Facebook group last year called um, Summer Programs at EMC Performing Arts Studio. Oh. And I just, it, it's basically a, pr a closed group of parents in my community who are interested in knowing what summer offerings there will be. And I just kept inviting people to the group. I posted a lot last summer, leading up to last summer, but then it's been quiet for a while and I'm right. getting ready to rev it up again. But basically I now have this captured audience oh, just laying brilliant. in wait yeah. that I know live, live near me and have young kids and are interested in summer activities. And not only can you post promotional things in there, but you can also do after the fact. Like, oh, our Frozen camp was a great success. And you can post a few pictures like, 
sorry you missed it. <laughs> but maybe for next year. But it's just, um, right. it's a way to reach people that aren't already in your in your studio, oh, in a group. Because when we post on our Facebook pages, it people goes nowhere. People don't see that. People don't see Your it. Facebook page is more for people to go there and check, out and check what's you going out. On. But that's not going to show up in most people's news feeds. Right. But if you can get people into a group. Those algorithms, pref yeah, the Facebook algorithms prefer groups. Right. Yeah. Groups are where it's at. It's truly. Yeah. We could do a whole thing on groups. Yes. So anyway, I won't go too much deeper into that, but you might want to consider making a group that includes, you know, have your current families invited to join the group and then have them invite their preschool friends or their, right. you know, elementary school friends. And basically what you want to do is collect this audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's such a good idea. All right. Well, that's a lot of ideas. That is a lot of ideas. And we want to hear more ideas. We want to keep the summer conversation rolling, especially this time of year when we're all gearing up for that. So uh, let's Wait, share. before you go, though, we should just talk briefly about the retreat. Oh, we should talk about the retreat. Speaking of summer. Yes. <laughs> so summer 2020, we are the DSO Connect retreat for studio owners is going to be, when is it, Robin? Oh. It's in July. <clears throat> it sure is. It is July 10th through 12th. Mm -hmm. And this year we're going to Canada. I'm so excited Me to go to Canada. Me too. We're going to be in Niagara Falls, Canada. So get those passports updated. I know I still need to do that for sure. <laughs> um, and it's last year in Pennsylvania, we had such an incredible experience. Oh my. It was it was beautiful. I'm still thinking about it. I yeah, I think about it all the time. It's 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 not a huge convention where you feel lost in the crowd. It is a small, intimate, more like a summer camp for studio owners mm -hmm. kind of a thing like a sleepaway camp for grown-ups mm -hmm. and you know it, it's it's, it's going to be in a beautiful mansion yes. or a large house well, you know what let's call it a mansion it's going <laughs> to be in a mansion y'all there's a pool um everything's included we do uh we do a two well one day of business seminars for studio owners one day of in-studio training for teachers and studio owners, and then a day of implementation for studio owners. And your food is included. So it includes where you're staying, it includes your food, and all of this amazing content. Yep, there's lots of wine. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's lots of conversation. Yeah. There's some downtime, There's but there's a lot of inspiration. Yeah, it's a real magical experience, and you feel... Have you ever met someone and you just feel automatically like you've known them your whole life? It's like that happens over and over again every time we do this. Mm -hmm. And it's really amazing. And you're surrounded by people who understand your struggle. Mm -hmm. And we've found that we learn so much, not just from the content that we're bringing, but also from the other studio owners who come. Yep. And, and you go back home ready to implement all these new ideas. Right. Instead of coming home and you have every, you're overwhelmed with all the information you've received and you don't know where to go or what to do and then you suddenly have to start teaching and you're sucked back into your daily routine and you wind up doing nothing with all this great content. We have an implementation day where we sit down with you. We hold your hand. We are doing it together. Mm -hmm. And that way you go back to your studio with the plan already in place. Yep. It's amazing. Yeah. I wish I had had this as a young studio owner when I first started out. So how can people register for the retreat? Because we can only take a couple, I think 12 
studio owners. Yeah, we have room for 12. So it is, and I think we've already got like two spots spoken for. Yeah, and we just so, released it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just released it. So um, you go to dancestudioownerconnect.com and then click on Summer Retreat 2020. And there you'll find all the information, all the pricing, the sample schedule, a couple testimonials, all that kind of good stuff. And you'll be able to reserve your spot there. So we want to see you this summer in Canada. Please join us. Yep, Casey, this was great. I hope that everyone's leaving with some ideas for implementing your summer programs. Yeah, and and we want to hear more, so keep sharing in the group. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at DSO Connect. Join our free Facebook community, DSO Connect community, just for studio owners. Subscribe to this podcast and rate and review. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.